and I can't hear myself. Is that that's oh? Should that be the case? That's not good. Okay. How's that? Oh yeah, now yay. Um, Ugh, I forgot I'm shaking my voice. <laughs> I'm like trying to move so I can see your face. I know, and I keep subtly moving. I know counter. It's, it's just not working. <laughs> Doug has managed to get his entire face behind the the pop filter. It's a giant pop filter. It's actually kind of amazing <laughs> what you've done. It I does, can see forehead and beard, and that's it. For me, I can see just a, a like a silhouette of you. I can see the the headphones and the shape of your body. And a little bit of the mic. That sounds pretty sexy. It, it, it's pretty good. This is like a uh, podcast confessional. Yeah. Anonymous at night. Are you more comfortable speaking to someone whose eyes you can't see? I think I might be. Cause then I Great. don't have to worry about the fight of like in my brain of like, is that enough eye contact? Is that too much eye contact? <laughs> I mean, we've been pretty intimate before. You have checked my paw before. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas Gale. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, Jesse. It's, I think like by the time people hear this, it will have only been a couple of episodes in between your appearances, oh. but in real life, it's been like seven, eight months. It's been a while. It's been a long time. It's Back. been a while. <laughs> what was um, it? We were talking about Babylon 5 on this podcast? Yes. Okay. And the last time you were here, I floated the idea to you of starting a, a live show called Doug Space Nine. We should do that. Which we have since done. We've done that. We've done that. <laughs> uh, we actually got, we've gotten through the entire first season of Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. and we are trying to get the second season going but my health has been problematic right but it's coming back it's, it's coming, coming back it's coming back as soon as i'm able to we keep scheduling it and then i have bad days and have to cancel so i'm just like Let, let's wait till i even out to schedule another one yeah, yeah yeah but i was getting impatient to talk to you about sci-fi so here we are and if anyone <laughs> wants to they can go listen to the old ones right now yeah it all lives on my youtube channel mm-hmm. youtube.com slash jesse mercury sci-fi we have we started live streaming on youtube then we switched to twitch to try it out mm-hmm and I think we might actually go back to YouTube because okay. um, I've had some people ask for that, basically, right. saying that they preferred being able to you know, go back and revisit the live chat. And uh, Twitch only keeps that for a short amount of time. And YouTube uh, keeps it in yeah. perpetuity. Okay. And, you know, I felt like... I felt like uh, our people who were into it followed us. Right, right, and, right, right. And that was great. I mean, it, Amanda was there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Yeah. If Amanda doesn't come to Doug Space Nine, it's... It, we're done. We're pulling the plug. Yeah, it's... We're, we're just done. It lives and dies by Amanda's Exactly, hand. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so people should, should subscribe to your YouTube channel right now. They should, right now. <laughs> but it has been so much fun. I, I think it. it's it's been more fun than I expected it to be. Yeah, it's great. And I I've loved rewatching Deep Space Nine. It's been so good. Ah, sorry, I'm drinking coffee. <laughs> and we just like talking about sci-fi together. Yeah, totally. And we've been talking about Discovery a lot. And mm-hmm. we, I, you and I, have not met since the Picard trailer dropped. Right. right so right, right, let's right. start there. Okay. We're just going to talk about a lot of sci-fi today and go all over the place. <laughs> um, let's start with the Picard trailer. Yeah. How excited are you about the new Picard show? I'm very excited, but the trailer does not enter into my excitement whatsoever. Really? Yeah, because the, the only reason that I would get excited about this trailer if I was like, you know what? They keep saying they're going to make a Picard show, but <laughs> are they really? Are they really? Is this just like a prank? Or are these posters? Because you know how people make fan posters whenever they want something to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, like casting. That was a big one of like. Or even fake trailers on YouTube. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. People yeah. get really into it. Uh so that's what I mean. Like this 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 trailer to me wasn't I don't know, we already have Star Trek back. So it's not like, oh god, look, Star Trek is back and right. look, oh the uniforms are the ones that I want them to be, you know. It's yeah, it's all right. Picard isn't part of Starfleet and he's got a 
grape farm. <laughs> okay. Picard has a grape farm. That's so exciting. I knew I'm that he so had a grape excited. farm. He, well, went to, he went to his grape farm after the Borg messed with his mind. That's his chill out place. Right. So definitely something bad's happened because Picard's back at his chill out farm. His chill uh, out farm. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god now i have to keep that in but i just like I, I had to snort laugh i was so proud of myself I, I, <laughs> I had to pause the recording for one second and and move something for doug and then um when i, I started to, again he just jumped right back in pick it right back up. it was amazing i didn't even remember what you had said i was just about to be like wait what were we talking about and you just went right there yeah. so now it's just gonna be a really awkward moment on the podcast where you say that twice and then i explain the second one it was beautiful moving on um mm-hmm. just seeing picard on the farm just at the callback to all good things yes was so strong in that you yeah, know yeah. Like in the final episode of star trek the next generation you see a version of picard in the future who is tending grapes right and the fact that that's where like the first thing that we see from the new show happens yeah really like tickled me yeah yeah i like that i mean uh, I, um it also would be it would be remiss if they didn't do it. You know what I mean? Like it is just there. It is too sure. obvious of a thing. I didn't think of it, and it su- uh, it surprised me in like the best way possible. And you're right; it is totally low hanging fruit, literally, because it's grapes. <laughs> but I didn't think of it, so it still really got me. Also, I have just been rewatching TNG recently, so nice. I've seen the the when he goes to the farm for the first time, right. real recently. Yeah, with Robert. Yeah, it's interesting. It's brother. a great episode, but it sticks out like a sore thumb in the sense of like, it's I the first Star Trek episode, at least of TNG where it's basically like no space, you know, it is just, yeah. Um, it's a human uh, interaction story. You know, right. it's, it's, yeah. A, Cause the B plot is Worf and his parents. Yeah. It's, it's really like, it's, it's not a uh, space adventure, which so much of TNG had always had as a major showcase of it. So it's really right. interesting in that way. The next one, it's not until they do the flute episode mm, uh, where they're like inner light, where they kind of go down the same road. I love, I love when they do that. And I think you're right. It sticks out, but I think in like a brilliant way where yeah. it just kind of, gives the show so much more context and like, yeah and like breadth of reality in a way i guess yeah i, I really love it yeah i do too i like that I, so i was a fan of uh, uh conceptually and i should say i haven't watched it maybe it's terrible of caprica for uh oh, Star yeah, Galactica. caprica because it's this idea of like you know these shows can take place in this universe in the future but not right on top of the action where everybody's shooting each yeah. other and running around. You know? I love that. I started watching that and I loved it. And I only watched like two episodes and I don't remember why I stopped. Yeah. I, I should, I want to go back. I, I have, I've never seen it. So I, mm. I'm really excited to go revisit that sometime. Yeah. I was really digging it. I, yeah, I should go back and watch that. We'll watch it together. We should. <laughs> um, we're going to watch Stargate together. I've been fantasizing about what we're going to do after <laughs> deep space nine. Um, yeah. <laughs> I we've talked about doing Stargate or like another Star Trek show, sure. um, but that's like the Picard show. It seems like it's so far in the future, but it right. only took us like ten or eleven streams to get through. Yeah, the first season of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I mean, the second. I guess the season one was twenty two episodes. Season two is twenty six. I think. Yeah. So within we only have twelve more streams to go before we're on season three of Deep Space Nine. We're gonna yeah. breeze right through we're it, cranking it out, baby. Yeah, <laughs> whenever we can do it. Yeah. Besides my health being. A problem if you if you are someone who enjoys any of my content that i create thank you so much for like following me around as i like bounce through different things yeah. and then my schedules have just been completely off on everything because of my health like i i'm in this really weird place right now where i'm just trying to 
like make anything that I can on any days where I feel well enough to and whatever I feel like making on that day is what I'm doing. So, <laughs> and if, if you're still here, I really appreciate it. Thank you. And that's <laughs> what brings us here today. Yeah, totally. Okay. I, you and I have been spending a lot of time doing this show mm-hmm. together, but mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like I don't actually know you that well. Mm. Where did, where did you grow up? I grew up in um, Massachusetts and New Hampshire. Oh, wow. What, how, for how long? Um, uh, I, th- I left New Hampshire for the first time, I think, when I was 21, 22, something like that. And when did you end up in Seattle? Um, That was, so I left New Hampshire, I went to Florida for a summer, and then went back to New Hampshire for a few more years, and then moved out to uh, Seattle, so... So was Florida so traumatizing? You're like, <laughs> dip your toe into moving away, and you're like, no. Oh yeah, Florida was a weird time for me. That was a strange. How would you characterize that strange uh, time? Well, I was taking a lot of mushrooms at uh-huh. the time, and then That's I started start. calling myself Toledo Blade and believing all kinds of crazy things. And whoa, walking around wearing like uh, just jean shorts, I guess jean shorts and mirror shade sunglasses. Wow. Was, was my uniform of choice. And that's what I mean. Like going commando, uh, no socks, no shoes. I would wear like shoes with no socks outside or flip flops because it's, you know, everything is Uh evilly hot outside in Florida. Toledo blade. Yeah. Where'd that come from? Um, it came from a sign, a street name when I was driving somewhere, probably driving on mushrooms. Wow. And then saw like a street name. It was one of the, there's like a giant green sign, white lettering, the block lettering. And it's the kind that hangs above the street. So not like on the corners, but actually like, you know, above the center of the street. And it just it struck me because obviously like I, I, I'm uh, I've been a fantasy nerd for a long time. Uh-huh. So the idea of Toledo blades themselves as blades from Toledo, Spain oh, okay. was something that was in my mind. And then just seeing that sign and then whatever nonsense thoughts were running through my head at the time, it all seemed connected and it made perfect sense i've never heard of a toledo blade before oh yeah so like swords sometimes will have that like stamped in it you know because that was cool and i i say i earlier i was like ah, i'm a fantasy nerd so i know stuff about swords and dragons i don't really have deep knowledge (laughs) about it i just know that they made swords in toledo spain and that uh, at some point in time when perhaps they were notorious or not or or well known for making good ones but i don't know wow maybe they suck I, I've already learned more about you than I, I, I thought was even possible to <laughs> So, okay, when did you get into nerd stuff as a kid, like I, sci-fi fantasy stuff? I, I, well, I think forever. I think that's always been um, a part of my life and my interest. And I think it comes directly from my mother. Um, cause I, and, and at least my mother, or my mother, my aunt, and then to an extent, my father, um, who all liked fantasy and sci-fi kind of things, you know? So it was always around yeah. when I was growing up. Um, the first movie that I ever saw was Star Wars. The first Star Wars. The first movie you ever saw. Well, okay. The first movie I ever saw technically was the creature from the black lagoon. That's the so sec- good. <laughs> the second movie I ever saw was Star Wars. Wow. And it was on the same night because Whoa. my mother and um, my aunts and then, you know, so like my cousins and, and uh, me and my sister, we went to a uh, uh, drive-in uh, double feature, which is pretty standard. You two movies at a drive-in. Yeah. And that was, Whenever Star Wars came out, that was like when it was released. So 77? 
So like, yes, yeah, 77. Yeah. So, so then I would have been all movies just disappointing for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, after see, that, here's the thing is I barely remember either one of them. Sure. But that was, you know, it, it ingrained in my mind from an early age, I think. Wow. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. I saw Star Wars for the first time when I was uh, in elementary school, but uh, okay. like I saw, I feel like I saw it late because I'd been watching Star Trek since I was, since as long as I could remember. Right. Uh, and I got to Star Wars way later, and it totally blew my mind. Yeah. I, I can't imagine starting with Star Wars. That would See, be overwhelming. <laughs> and, I, and I never got to Star Trek until I was a lot older. Really? You know? Yeah, it wasn't something that was... Um, I Part of it was... Uh, it's going to sound strange, but like... Uh, Eventually, I did start to read science fiction. You know, that was, I read a lot of science fiction, not not broadly, but I was into, you know, genre fiction. So space and fantasy and stuff like that. But what turned me off right away for science fiction was like hard sci-fi where I'm like, oh my God, this is just science. <laughs> I don't need to hear how lasers work in wormholes or any of this kind of heavy stuff so uh-huh. there's there's a bunch of what people consider like classics of the genre that i did not bother with or read at all and then star trek itself a lot of times would seem like oh my god this is just and of course it's techno babble but it was just seemed like bleh to me yeah. you know which and it, is so funny because i know you're like obsessed with star trek now oh yeah but it, then well then eventually it was tng you know yeah so then tng is like oh this is actually this feels a little more fun i think did you see? Did you watch that when it was airing? Uh, yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Because of course that would be you know that's right at the right time for me because that's eighty eight. I think it started in eighty seven. Yeah. So I graduated from high school in eighty nine. So okay. Wow, you're been, like prime age for it. Yeah. Exactly. And then of course that was all my friends. I mean, we like I I played D and D since I was in grade school or middle school. I was, it was even before I moved, or close, short after I moved to New Hampshire. So it would have been like 10 or 11, I think. And then we got kicked out of a library for playing (laughs) D&D. You rebels. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and it wasn't because we were being loud. It was, they were (laughs) legitimately afraid of the like demonic. (laughs) Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was the like, what are these spooky kids doing? (laughs) Devil worship at the library. Do you feel like being into this stuff from a young age, like, affected you as a person or like Uh, or like shaped who you turned into maybe probably i don't know because i don't know what the alternative is you know right i don't i don't don't know what the counter narrative to that but i mean i've i've loved fantasy and imagination and and make them ups and magic and unreality forever you know and i still have a fascination with it um does do the drugs have anything to do with that (laughs) so i don't think so because i came to drugs later like i didn't even smoke uh, I'm a like a, a, a regular pot smoker, uh, cigarette smoker, booze drinker now, but it wasn't until I was easily 21 before I was actually like drinking with friends and smoking cigarettes and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I what, was I was a good boy in school. What kind of kid were you? Uh, yeah, a good kid, like a quiet nerd, shy nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, I had I had some friends. Uh, the close friends, but I wasn't like a socializer or, you know, uh, a, a popular type kid or anything like that. But I also wasn't like, oh, it's the bullied nerd. It was just like, I don't know, we're the weird kids over here. And I, I one of my friends, his other circle of friends was like, these are the kids that are like getting in trouble and ditching school and smoking pot and stuff like that. And, yeah. and he 
that was a, a part of his life. But then we had friends, our friendship was like, we're going to take action figures and tie string and, and, uh, uh, shout, no, um, curtains, curtain hooks to make grappling hooks for the action figures. And then we'll crouch down on the ground, hold the grappling hook in our hands and try to throw it at something in his house in, in the room. And that was, then we tie the other end of it to the action figure. And then we'd throw them, basically make them swing. And the idea was to like move through the house via grappling hook. To the oh action figures. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But then he had other friends where they would like, you know, drink beer and smoke pot <laughs> yeah so what growing up what was your favorite sci-fi was it star wars probably star wars i mean i loved anything that was sci-fi really i mean mm-hmm. i was i don't want to say i was fairly indiscriminate but if it was if it took place in space or if it had magic in it you know i'm i was on board is it the imagination element of that that attracted you i really don't know it's just mm. even even now i really i re- like i really love superhero stuff that's like um the superheroes I like in a, in a, in a level where it's almost like the theory of everything, like all genre fiction can uh-huh. kind of be poured through the superhero filter these days. Totally. I yeah. I mean, there are in just in the Marvel universe alone, there are sci-fi movies and sci-fi heist, heist movies yeah, yeah, and yeah. fantasy movies, you can do straight up fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Doctor Horror. Strange is, yeah. is a straight up fantasy movie. Yeah. But Doctor Strange like feels like a sci-fi movie, even though it's all magic. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, it's it's like science magic in a way. You know? Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love that movie. I've watched that a couple times, and it really, really entertains me. What I really love is the their visual representation of magic as like yeah. doing these hand gestures where you're twisting, and then you see the like spinning things. And I've now like Constantine, um, at least on the Legends of Tomorrow, the uh-huh. DC show, like that's the same. They do the same or very similar effect. Oh, cool. And I know I've seen it before doctor strange so i just love that this is like this is what we've agreed on this is, yeah this is what this is how magic this is works. what legit magic looks like yeah i mean just having a visual way to represent it that's like so clear is so yeah. cool you and, know and i think some of it i've i've i recently signed up for marvel unlimited so i can get access mm. to like all of their archived comic nice. books because i wanted to read like the, on your phone yeah, on my phone or on the desktop. Okay, cool. Uh, but it started because I wanted to read the cosmic uh, Marvel stories that I never read when I was into comic books. I, I hated it. I skipped all the cosmic stuff. Uh, but now I really... And I want to start like in the 60s. And I want to just read at yes. least up through to the 80s or 90s. Wow. So I signed up cool. for Marvel Unlimited. And so this is what I'm saying is that in, in that I'm seeing like... Uh, some old old Doctor Strange stuff and he kind of does a similar thing where he does his magic and then it creates like these glowing discs in front of him cool you know so that's like actually from the old comics it feels like it's definitely it feels like it's it's uh, influenced by that how did you feel about Avengers Endgame I haven't seen you since I came out yeah I loved it I loved it I thought it was great I mean it was a real uh, yeah, it was a real capstone to to the whole <laughs> crazy, <laughs> you know, uh, twenty year, fifteen, whatever, twelve movie uh, uh, arc. It's quite impressive. Yeah. What is your favorite Star Wars movie? <laughs> My favorite Star Wars movie. Um, let's see. Um, the. The what, what we're all out of Jedi. What was the uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the 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 most recent one? The Last Jedi. Is it what, is that called the Last Jedi? Yeah, yeah, that one. 
The, really? yeah. That's your favorite Star Wars oh, movie? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, Tell me everything about this. <laughs> because it 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 doesn't stay beholden to um the the concepts of Star Wars as as had uh, the expectations that sort of all of the other things of Star Wars have laid down, you know? Uh-huh. It's really I don't know. It, it it feels like this is bold and fresh and uh, sort of how like we were saying with Star Trek, you can have there's a standard template of Star Trek stories, but you could you could tell any kind of story you want in that universe, right? Yeah. It, this Star Wars to me, at least because I don't know much of the other like the TV shows and books and all the other stuff. I only know Star Wars movies. This movie feels like, yes, look, we could do something different with this template. It doesn't have to kind of follow this this same as, the, you know, like the, the whole theory of the rhyming movies, uh-huh. you know, it doesn't it doesn't have to be that. Yeah, that's interesting because I was thinking about that recently through the context of Men in Black because Men in Black International just came out. Oh, right. And I haven't seen it yet, but I saw a trailer for it and it really just looks like a carbon copy of of the other men in black movies. Right. Um, just with like reshuffled ingredients. Yeah. Where yeah, you, yeah. you have a new small alien creature. Right. Who, right. They're hitting all of the same spots. Right. That yeah. like kind of reminds me of the dog from the first movies. Right. Um, and even the first movies, like the, the second one had a lot of the same types of jokes and like same general format. Yeah. 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 And then the third one had that also. And then seeing that they're like rebooting the franchise, with basically the same format, I think. I'm, I, right. I want to see it to find out. Yeah, I want. I, I'm curious. I yeah. uh, uh, I, I saw a friend of ours uh, went to see it and was excited about it, and then the their Facebook post afterwards was something like, "Oops, Men in Black International sucks." Lamo. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a little nervous to see it because I love. I mean, the first one was so good, but right. I, I feel like Star Wars is very similar in the fact that. Um, they like they set this tone with the original trilogy right that feels like star wars mm-hmm. and like men in black is the same thing it has the same tone like all those movies feel the same i mean like uh die hard is this way you right. know um uh, these franchises or i haven't seen any fast and furious movies but i'm assuming <laughs> that's what it's like also i've only seen two <laughs> and i will say that the second one made me actually like the first one more really because the second one is like oh so you're just gonna you're just gonna make the first one again but you know <laughs> not really huh okay yeah well you're starting a podcast about that you were telling too me. fast too curious too fast Natalie too Holt. curious nice yeah. so we're gonna record them all then we'll batch dump them somewhere i'll i may eventually put them through i've got a podcast feed myself a very dusty out-of-date one with me and ryan casey called radio larp yeah where you can subscribe and you get caught up to whatever six or eight of our radio plays and there will eventually be new content on there. I promise. So that's where too fast to curious is going to go. I might. Cause that's one of my ideas for radio LARP as a, a podcast stream or channel. If you were is to have different kinds of things coming through the same stream. Like yeah. I, I feel like that it could have like, Oh look, it's a radio play this week. Oh look, it's a binge of eight episodes of this thing. Or, or Oh, here now it's a chat show. Oh, now it's a, an episode of a radio play, you know, and people that would come to it later, long tail as it were, you know, you can, you can skip over stuff. If you're like, ah, I only want this kind of thing out of it, you know, Sure. but that it would be the kind of the one, 
stream to release the 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 stuff that me and Ryan make. In theory, uh, I don't know that no one does that, so it may be a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, I've I've found that when I release different types of content in the same place, I get results that I would not. You know, I don't get the result that I want. Right, it's detrimental. Yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes I decide that I don't care and just go with it, and right. sometimes I decide that I do care and try to make things a little cleaner. Right, 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 right. But I'm still I'm still learning about. It. I've I've been like. You know, I've been I haven't been able to work for the last three years because of my health. Right, has it been three years, two and a half years? Sure, I feel like it's it. getting, it's somewhere between two and three years. Um, and I've spent that time trying to make as much content as possible when I'm able to, right. and I've learned so much about how people consume media. Yeah, I'm just like chomping at the bit to get my energy back so I can right. put this all into practice. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about making a podcast network and oh, like yeah. getting everyone, like getting you and. Uh, you know, everyone that I like Dan DeRozier, anyone that we know who makes a podcast and right. like just make a network where all of our shows are in one place, maybe right. like Zach Gandra too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Zach was talking about doing a podcast network also. I don't know if he's still thinking about doing that, but I, I would love to just have this like collection of shows. Yeah. Just so that, you know, I mean, that's the successful model of it is the podcast network because other people have done that. Other people have done it and failed, but other people have done it and, and, you know, succeeded well with it. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to and like, if they're not sponsored by some other, you know, existing entity or, or based on someone's existing cultural cachet and fame, you know, they're almost always part of a network or some of them wind up in a network later on. Yeah. So, yeah. And th- basically what I, my thing is like, I'm going to do the opposite of that. <laughs> this, You know, the successful model that does sometimes work, I'm going to not do it. Yeah. The, the most important thing that I've learned about content creation is like, do what you like. Yeah. You know, make the thing that you want to make and you really can't care too much about what other people think or how right. they consume it. I mean, if you want to, if you want to be successful and make money at it, like, if that's if that's your end goal, then it's probably not the the thing to do. You know, right, like, right, right, right. You, you have to, like people like consistency and they like passion. And uh, beyond that, what they like is so varied. And like you know, one two people could make the exact same type of content, and one could blow up, and the other doesn't. Yeah, There's yeah. so much luck involved. Yeah. But if you put yourself in a position where you're making something because it's what you think other people want. Uh, and then you're like twisting what you're making to fit into right. what you think is the standard model that you think is going to work. Right. Um, then you stop enjoying it and you aren't making the best content you could be because you're more worried about, you know, you're, cause you're worrying about the, the wrong things yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. And that could be successful, but you basically created a job for yourself. You've you know? tracked and yourself in a box. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Which for some people that may actually not be a bad thing. Cause they're like, well, you know, yeah, it's not, specifically the content that i would create but i'm also not you know busting rocks or sitting at a desk like it's, right it's still a creative endeavor even if you've kind of drained all the joy and art right. out of it yeah i used to feel that way until i got to a point where i was making some of the wrong decisions and right. i felt like i was starting to pull some of the joy out of it i was i was really stressing out about numbers for a while yeah. there you remember I was, oh yeah for sure i was I would vent to you about numbers every time you'd come over and I'm sure it was horrible for you. No, it's fine. I just, because I literally don't care about that. I mean, I'm interested in it and I do look at them, but I, you know, I will keep plugging away at things that are getting nothing as far as viewers or numbers, because, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the, the 
aspect of the creation, you know? Yeah. Totally. Like for me specifically, I really enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've recently really gotten into the, like the script style thing, even if it's not like movie scripts and I don't know how you're actually supposed to do it. And I don't even know if I'm even halfway good at it, but I enjoy writing dialogue. I enjoy, especially genre fiction. My, I guess it would be magical realism, comedy, magical realism. If you have people that live in a world that is, um, magical basically that even if it's like sci-fi magic but it's in a fantastical world and then the people in that world talking to each other like that's hmm. <laughs> talking about the world talking about the kind of yeah the, the mundanities that come with being in that world that is but that's my that's my tasty tasty jam it's like you're kevin smith but you're in a magical world <laughs> oh yeah that's a good that's a real good way to put it like if if clerks took place in a superhero universe yeah that's a, actually a great idea yeah i'm so is this a specific project you're working on? no i just mean like in general like okay. so one of the things you that you're familiar with is flight space seven yeah where that's you know my in my mind and it wasn't the way that it was we even talked about it to each other about it but what i've come to see it as is flight space seven is what if uh tng star trek tng like traveled through other sci-fi uh, properties and universes, right? Uh-huh. So, like our first season of that is, uh, what if Star Trek goes to the Dune planet, and uh-huh. that's what they're dealing with. And then the next season, originally for us, what if Star Trek, you know, got involved in a Star Wars ish type story kind of thing? But yeah, you know, it's but then you know, it so much of the of those shows aren't driven by the sci-fi space stuff. It's just kind of these people chatting chatting about stuff and yeah it totally was that it's now you say that i can see that that is exactly what it was it it was very much like clerks if if clerks ran the next generation bridge you know yeah because in that one it's like they're particularly they're they're all not like one of the other things that i love as a concept that i if i was to say there's any theme that i continually explore in my writing it's people that are not good at their jobs yeah like i really love the idea of people (laughs) that have a job that they shouldn't have or don't want you know yeah totally and and also having them brush up and meet up against people that actually are good at their jobs and do like their job you know yeah so then the the other one that we did was uh and i say we because it's me and um ryan casey and then earlier albert um kirshner with the um uh flight space seven right but the other one me and ryan did was um um red sun so that's a, that's like an exploration of superhero world right where they're not the greatest of or most skilled superheroes and then they're they are they're mostly just hanging out and talking to each other and dealing with things yeah there's my dog coughing in the yeah. background <laughs> but, um, but yeah but that but what i mean is that that uh, like i just the act of writing itself is is what i enjoy yeah and then everything else after that is kind of a hassle and a drag <laughs> Yeah, that it's so I we were talking we were talking about this before we started recording about how like making content has so much stuff in it that you don't necessarily want to do but you have to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the the editing and the right. the post production and the self promotion and right. I and I've been working recently like because because my energy's been pretty low like the amount of editing that the podcast takes stopped me from putting them out for months mm-hmm. and I actually thought about like I might have to put this down because I just like can't keep doing this. Uh, but then I, I started thinking about it differently. I was like, well, what if I just like kind of repackage the show in a way where I don't have to edit it? <laughs> right, right. And I started doing that and no one noticed. Like no one made a comment about right. it. Um, but I, you know, also my, my listenership is small enough that I don't think people are yeah. 
people care you know yeah. i think the thing that my listeners care about well, i hope the thing my listeners care about is the conversation itself right and whether or not i put in like clips from the shows we're talking about sure i think is like superficial and i had gotten it in my head that like well i've started doing this i've upped the quality of the production have i have to, to keep, keep doing, doing it. it yeah yeah um so and also like editing the conversations is something i've done since the very beginning but it occurred to me, like, people don't necessarily care if there's, right. like, a weird dead spot for a second or right. if you hear my dog coughing. Like, <laughs> right. if, I, if there's something that happens that, that is, like, a problem, I can address it immediately and not edit it out, you right, know? Right, right, right. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, there's all sorts of things that I have been taking out of the show since I started it. Yeah, that, you, were, you were crafting it to a degree that might be considered over-engineering it. Sure. And also, you know, an argument we made that you're presupposing that someone won't like you know exactly what you're doing so exactly. you, you aren't yeah. really doing it for yourself in that sense i was doing it out of fear basically it's right. like well people are gonna people say you shouldn't have coughing and people say you shouldn't have awkward pauses and um sometimes those things make it more human and more interesting Wait, you ready? I, or some people like that better <clears throat> and some people love that <laughs> some people like that that was the best part of the show for someone out there so I don't know. I yeah, like game streaming has made me realize that like people like what they like and what people like will surprise you and right. The most I don't know, for me the most important thing is like keeping this joyful and keeping it exciting for me. Yeah. And when I when I rearrange my mindset about it, I'm just like really excited to be podcasting right now and yeah, I yeah. just like do I've scheduled a whole bunch of them in the next week and I'm just really stoked about it. Yeah. And I I I as we've said and circled back to many times, I love genre fiction. So talking about it is equally enjoyable to me, you know? Yeah, totally. It's it's such a, it's such a great form. Now I will say horror is sort of like the exception for me. You're not a horror person. Yeah. I just don't like, you know, like why do I need to feel bad? Why don't I, why do I want scariness and tension in my body? You know, why, why do we want to see things that are, like disturbing just for the sake of, you know, seeing that they're disturbing. So yeah. it's, I've always taken a, a big pass on, on yeah, uh, I, excessive violence or horror. I, I'm with you to a degree. I don't like anything like Saw or like right. Human Centipede. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These yeah. are things I just won't watch because right. I have no interest. Yeah. But I, I got pretty into like some Sam Raimi stuff like Evil Dead. Yeah. Um I like Army of Darkness, but that's really a comedy. Yeah, it is a comedy. And then like the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I dated two people in a row who were really into horror, so I watched uh, a bunch. Sure, sure. And I really started to kind of feel the the thrill of it, right. you know? And a lot of it had to do with the just like the intense imagination involved. Right. Like um I don't know. There's like imagery in a lot of Sam Raimi movies that you just, no one else but him could think of or create. And yeah. it's kind of exciting as one human being watching something that another human being made right. that is just like crazy. Like the thing, John Carpenter's The Thing. Right. But the first time I saw it, I was like, damn, like someone made that. That's yeah. fucking weird. Yeah. See, I don't, I, I maybe have seen The Thing, but I, it wasn't anything that I was like, oh, I'm so glad I watched this. Yeah. Ryan Casey and I did a, a podcast about some John Carpenter movies and that was one of them and I watched that for the first time for that yeah I, I do like some of his other movies I like yeah. a lot of his other movies I'm still bummed that Ryan moved to LA yeah I miss you Ryan yeah if you're if you've been a long time listener to the show a whole bunch of of our friend group has moved to LA right <laughs> like Dan DeRozier Dan O'Connell uh, Ryan Casey all the people with health and or talent <laughs> yeah and uh, and Annika also moved away she was a uh, regular 
on the show. So a whole bunch of my regular people, like half of my roster of people that I invited back consistently all moved away. If anyone's wondering why it's been a lot of me recently, (laughs) this is your answer. Yeah. The funny thing is like, I, I, you and I were on the periphery of this friend of knowing each other for a while. Sure. Right. We we're both like in this friend group and both like right. part of tiny baby talk show. Um, but I feel like it was uh podcasting about Babylon five that really made me realize how much fun you were to talk to. Hey. <laughs> and now we do it all. Mm-hmm. Now we have a whole show with yeah. your name in it. It's, it's nice. Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, so fuck everyone else. We don't need them. Yeah. Get out of here. Although I do miss them and I'm and crying. All the success in the world. So I'm not letting you off the hook that easily about Last Jedi being the best Star Wars movie. Oh, sure. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. I'm actually, I'm really, I actually really like what you're saying because I, I mean, for me, I, I wouldn't agree that it's my favorite, right. but I do think that the fact that it was trying to break the mold of what Star Wars is supposed to be. Yeah. It was like genuinely surprising at yeah. times. And yeah, I mean, I really like the JJ Abrams, uh, the Jedi wakes up, but that was <laughs> mostly I liked it. So I'm like, Oh good. They didn't fuck up Star Wars. They right. just, they just, they just rebooted it. Basically, they just made like a good modern Star Wars thing. Right. Because the prequels did fuck up Star Wars. The prequels did not follow the mold that was set forward and fans hated it. Yeah. But also it wasn't even to me, it wasn't even like, oh, we're making any bold choices. Just like, oh, you're just kind of, you know, making a blah movie. And really, the first one is the real, the real pit of that. It is drags so much ass <laughs> but the next two are actually kind of zippy like you're like oh, all right that's fine this is just like you know regular regular old movie entertainment that's like yeah you know if you take the star wars canon super seriously it's could probably be a little frustrating and it's it's hokey it's kids movie but it's not i don't know i don't think they're that bad yeah um yeah, I, I don't. Han Solo I just fits don't. like that for me too. We're like, it's not a great movie, yeah. but there's a lot of really fun parts of it. So yeah. it's like a, all right, this is a good, fun Star Wars movie. Yeah, totally. My the thing that I worry about is that I I don't want Star Wars to be the same thing every time. Right. I feel like the original trilogy set this precedent. Was like the first movie is like the sand movie. The second movie is the ice movie. The, right. And the ice movie and the green movie with Dagobah. Right. And the th- well, that's, I mean, that is one of the aspects of Star Wars is that planets are monolithic. Yeah. You know, and I love Corsicunt that. Corsicunt is like the, 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 city, the city planet. planet. Yeah. Right, right, right. There's desert planet and salt and forest planet. planet yeah. and water planet. That's yeah, fine. And, and I, I like all that. that but right. at the same time, like those movies all had such a different tone to them and a different yeah. vibe. And, and it's actually a little like disconcerting sometimes when you go from, like the empire strikes back, which is this like deep character study to return of the Jedi where the characters barely speak to each other. Right. And it's just a lot of fighting, but it's great. You know, um, I, those movies had different tones and then you get like force awakens and last Jedi, which have wildly different tones. Right. And were made by different people and like, don't really feel like they're part of the same story. And then, uh, which isn't necessarily bad because we have someone like you who loves the last Jedi, who like that's more in line with, with what you want. Right. But then the fans freak out and then, you know, like Lucasfilm freaks out and then they course correct and they go back to what made the force awakens popular. And it's, I, I worry about this whole, um, appeasement of fan culture that's going on right now where <laughs> fans, it's can like, go jump in a lake. Like the, the last episode or the last two episodes of game of Thrones were super controversial. And now it's like in question whether or not this like David Benioff and DB Weiss, is that their name? Star Wars movies are still happening. It's uh, like, people are like, don't wait, make wait, those wait. anymore. Is there a question of that? Or is it just fans going, I don't like this. So I don't want them to do that. Like, well, is there any noise from the studio saying this is on hold? So they announced Ryan Johnson's star Wars trilogy right. and, uh, Benioff and Weiss's Star Wars trilogy. Right. And then they like 
didn't didn't announce any release dates or anything right and now it's like no one really knows what is happening mm. it seems like but then they announced that they're gonna make movies that are set in the knights of the old republic era and we don't know who's making it right um if as i'm not 100 percent sure if i'm correct about this but i i feel like we went from like solid announcements to um all, like it was almost like they announced things to take the fandom's temperature and then the fandom has kind of turned against Ryan Johnson and Benioff and Weiss. Mm. So now who knows? Like I don't really know. Well, I hope that they get to do it because they'll 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 both be real interesting uh, versions of Star Wars. You know, I I actually personally don't necessarily. I would rather have like up and coming directors or like women or people of color making Star Wars. Sure, that'd be great like, too. I would much rather have that than Ryan Johnson and Benioff and Weiss. Like no matter what they come up with. Oh yeah, if they if 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 we're starting over and we're choosing, then I'm 100% on board with that too. Yeah, like let's make a Star Wars movie that doesn't center around men, white men, you know, like that would be cool. We've right. never had that before. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ray well, Ray is a woman the, the and that's really exciting. Too, yeah. Like, yeah, I mean it's definitely gotten better, but like but the people helming the movies are still yeah, absolutely. white men. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, I'm a white guy. I want to make shit. Like, I, nothing than, you're a white guy and you're great. But, uh, <laughs> well, thank you, fellow white man, yeah, for but, approving. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, let's get some variety. Like, let Star Wars, hit, I mean, the original Star Wars trilogy had one black character and one female character. Right. Like main yeah, character. yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's like, turn the tables and have, you know, maybe one white character or none, yeah. you know, and like people behind the scenes that look different. Like let's, let's, I don't know. Let's switch it up. I yeah. Don't... But I don't. So I guess my point is that that is not why people, it's probably the very opposite of the kinds of people who are like, nah, these, these guys shouldn't get to make the movies. You know, it's not at all of like, let's, let's substitute out these white guys with some more, um, Diversity, diversity and representation yeah. you know yeah that i don't think that's the the attitude a lot of times it's the the fans the toxic fandom that are pissed off at that kind of thing you know? I, yeah well there is going to be a, a small vocal contingent of toxic fandom that is racist and sexist sure. and there always will be right. unfortunately but i i think that the reporting on what they think is blown way out of proportion well, as, far, yeah, it's, as yeah, far as how many of them there are yeah. i don't think that there's that many yeah I, like these people who were like super offended when Ray was cast and when, you know, right. When Finn was cast, like the idea of having a, a female lead in star Wars was offensive. And right. they just called her Mary Sue. It's like, wh who do you think Luke is? Luke right. is like the ultimate Mary Sue. Yeah. And like the fact that there was a black hero really upset some people. And I'm like, well, those people are just trash. Like those yeah. are, those people right. are, have, <laughs> those people have hate in their heart and I don't give a shit about what they think same about, thing happened about with Discovery movies, you know? same thing happened right. with Captain Marvel right and same like, thing happened with Idris Elba as Hamadol in fucking Thor right you know what but, I mean and I feel like as a culture we can just agree to kind of ignore that ignore that shit because yeah. it's just toxic and gross it's good to report on it because I think it's important to know like hey by the way there's still a bunch of fucking gross assholes out there yeah like where is this line because it's not that I want it's not that I want, you know, creators to be completely disconnected from the fandom, but I do feel like they shouldn't be beholden to the fandom and just making what the fandom expects or wants, because then we're not going to ever be surprised. It's all going to become so homogenous. Well, I mean, that's just it. You, you find creators and because uh, we're, we're also talking about a very in, uh, interesting thing in the sense of they're creating in someone else's intellectual property, you know, right. so there are some constraints, but. And I don't know because I'm not someone who owns intellectual property that other people are creating in, but I think it's just a matter of finding 
talented people who are going to bring forth, generally speaking, the kinds of stories that you want to see. And then you're not, you know, you're not telling them this is what you need to do. This is what you're going to do. You're relying on the creators to create. Yeah. I feel for the first time in my life, I feel something akin to Star Wars burnout, which I'm ashamed to even admit, but I feel like the, and it's less to do with the movies and more to do with the fandom like uh, the yeah. way that the fandom has been receiving these new movies. Yeah. Like Solo was a good movie. Yeah. I, I don't know why it was people... an okay movie. Yeah. It was a pretty good movie. And yeah. that, to me, like, that's fine. I mean, yeah. so many Marvel movies have been pretty good, but yeah. like, it's I, a, it's... <laughs> but who cares? Like, it's just like popcorn entertainment and that's yeah. great. And Star Wars has a deeper meaning to me than Marvel movies will, but right. there are people out there where that's the reverse who grew up on the comics. And this is the most exciting thing ever. Like right. I, someone who like got into Star Wars in elementary school and has been obsessed with it ever since these movies mean a lot to me and I really want them to be good. But star Wars was like already broken for me by the prequels. So now getting any good star Wars movies is really exciting. And I feel like we should just be grateful and, you know, be thankful that the thing that we love is still being made. But then I also feel like the new stuff is, is painting itself into a corner a little bit where it's like, we can only do the same things because when we try something different, like the last Jedi, like the fandom, like, freaks out it's not that star wars is painting itself into a corner like the fandom is painting star wars into a corner yeah well again like i i mean who cares what they think you know right uh it, it ultimately does matter as far as are they profitable like is box it, it, office like, returns yeah, yeah yeah how much how much is that i mean i think if anything backlash that doesn't affect your box office probably is a great thing yeah maybe i don't know i mean then you're getting press you know plus I, how, <laughs> Who wouldn't want the kind of press that's like, some people think this is too progressive. <laughs> you know, that's like, that's the kind of press. Yeah. I want to post those articles up to my wall. Like, yeah. look, these people think that I've, I've hurt the white man. Yeah. I Mission feel- accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a frustrating time because on the one hand, you know, I feel like we really need to take the reins on making social change. Cause like we, it's, you know, the last few years politically have really shown us how divided our country is and how how much like white supremacy and nationalism are a danger to progress. Sure. Being nationalistic and loving your country is one thing, right. but the nationalism movement has become sort of synonymous with white supremacy. I I'm laughing because you're wearing an American flag. I'm, tank, I'm tank wearing top, an American flag which is tank top. Perfect. But this is exactly what I meant earlier where yeah, we talked all about this right this when you got here today. I want to be more of a like vocal proud American because of what the ideals should be, uh, you know, should be the ones that are focused on should be what it's represented by, not the people that are subverting it or corrupting it. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you ask, you know, a good portion of the country, what should, what should America be? They will say white. Yeah. And and I, and then you have, and a lot, I mean, those are the people who are the, the angry internet trolls who are like getting mad at star Wars for casting a woman in the lead. Right. Like they are, you know, there's definitely some crossover with those white nationalists. Right. And like, why are we letting them dictate what our culture does when their ideology is based off of hate? You know, yeah, we well, shouldn't. We should. We right. shouldn't. I don't even feel like we should be reporting on it. And yet, I keep talking about it on the podcast. Right, 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 right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know because like not addressing it feels wrong too. 
Yeah. I just don't know what to do. Like I, th- luckily, luckily, I, this is not a news show. Like luckily, <laughs> I'm not reporting on shit. We're just chatting. Right. You yeah. Know? Well, and what we're chatting about is what, in a lot of ways, winds up being a form of escapism. Right. You know, fantasy, science fiction, genre fiction. Absolutely. But also, at its best, it can. Uh, be a part of the conversation of you know uh, social issues, which I think For Star sure. Trek does infinitely better than uh, Star Wars in the like specific directed conversation. Absolutely, and that Star Wars it, it tries to do it in the sense of like representation in the you new know? movies. Yes. Yeah, and then in yeah. broad strokes, like oh, by the way, these people that <laughs> march and dress like Nazis, they're the bad guys. Yeah, totally. Authoritarianism is bad, you know. Yeah, like that's which is which is also. I mean, it's you know, if if we're if we're indoctrinating children, I feel like that's a good message. Yeah, I you know, I, there are Star Wars is is. I always feel like Star Wars is a little bit more emotional, and Star Trek is more thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, and I and I do agree that the new Star Wars movies are trying to make a statement with the casting about representation and diversity. Yeah, and and the fact that you know. If if you are a kid and you grow up on these movies, like it's really important to see a diverse cast because right. it's really important to normalize the fact that humanity is diverse. Right. I feel like I'm explaining racism again. You like kind of are. <laughs> I don't know why I'm going down this tangent. And besides nope. to say the fact that Nazis like, are bad, racism is bad. Watching movie like watching big budget pop culture movies that have diverse casting like really normalizes yes um, diversity to the point where I feel like the next generation is going to grow up being less racist. Well, that's the hope, but I mean, yeah. I you know, we may find out like, oh, it's always this ten percent that's gonna be rotten in the group, no matter what, you know. Yeah, I mean, but I feel like if it was ten, let's just not like let them have power. That's that's right. That's, if it was ten percent, we could get by, but I feel like it's closer to forty or fifty, unfortunately, of the voting population of America. Like, well, I'm, I mean, I, I look at it by like the 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 Trump base, the, the exactly, which, which I feel yeah. like is thirty five percent. You know, that's the what was the statistics I heard today was Nixon had a twenty five percent approval rating. You know, when he resigned, so when wow, everybody knew everything about him. There's still twenty five percent of the people going, yeah, but. Still still <laughs> right so i feel like that's trump has that as well you know that that yeah. the, the the core awful and right and not 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 that there are people who are i would say that if you still support trump if you don't feel like a racist you're wrong because <laughs> you're you're making this choice of like yeah but this is more important than you know racism being fought so like well right. guess what but what you just said is super accurate like if you still support trump and you don't think you're a racist like you need to re-examine yeah how you feel about because look at what you're prioritizing ask right. why are you supporting trump and then why is that more important or right. override some of these other concerns right and if i mean the other big thing i think is you know abortion and if you don't think that women deserve to make their own choices about their own bodies i'm talking to men here if you think that if you don't think that women should be able to make that choice, then you're sexist, you know? Oh, and now t- to get back to science fiction, abortion is the kind of story that Star Trek would definitely explore and Star Wars definitely would not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's one of the differences between them as um right star wars had a virgin birth you know <laughs> star wars went the opposite direction and then star wars had padme die in childbirth because she was sad right you know in a world Although with like I, s- flying around space magic we're like uh-huh. eh. i saw a really cool theory about that that um th- there's like intercutting between vader 
like awakening in that moment sure when Padme so like, is dying right, so there's he's a theory that, her energy that because they were married and connected um in order to keep vader alive palpatine like stole her life force away yeah to keep vader alive yeah and that's why she died sure that would I mean it would be great if it was explicit in the in yeah. the in the in the text but, but it's but great I, headcanon yeah it's really yeah, good headcanon you, you and i do that all the time with we the love star trek is, yeah. Here. Yeah. headcanon it shows to me that's like yeah writing is magic yeah and you can fix most any problem that you perceive to exist in conflicts, internal conflicts in a story. Doug, we should start a show called Headcanon where we take <laughs> shitty movies and fix them. Fix them, yeah. That would be yeah, fun. Yeah, you enjoyed that when we did Sci-Fi on Trial. For, I love that in Sci-Fi on Trial. Yeah, yeah, the Indiana Jones. We do it every time. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, because it's like the game that I play with myself, the the Headcanon thing. You know, it's just, yeah. even with um, uh, the Star Wars Holiday Christmas special. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember now all of the Headcanon I had, but uh that was a good time yeah good we times. if you look way back in this podcast feed doug and i watched that and recorded a commentary for it yeah that was and good that was it was fun. good that yeah. that those episodes i feel like were more are more along the lines of what i want this show to be which is fun you know right, right and then right. i always get on these like political tangents and i like, keep trying to pull tangents. you back i i have a i can't i can't control myself <laughs> i like i just feel so upset that that people are hated for such stupid reasons sure like it and well more than on, you feel such it, a, you also such a widespread right. way and 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 in it if it's a very good thing you also want to talk about that you right know? and that's i think a good instinct because is it people don't well because that's <laughs> one of the problems is that people don't necessarily talk about it all the time you know yeah so it is it's something worth addressing the the the, the realistic trouble is that your audience isn't one who's like Oh, I don't know. These are some ideas that I need to wrestle with. I know. Probably you know, 100% yeah, those, of your audience is like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I also think racism is bad. Yeah, totally. I, I feel like I, I've alienated everyone who doesn't agree with me. So now the only people listening are the people who do. Yeah, but the people that, you know, it's the people who you would alienate are the people. It's I was thinking of that as like the conservative Star Trek fan, like... They exist. Yeah, I know. Trump supporting Star Trek fans exist. They exist. I've like, had like, some interactions what, with some. What? what, what? <laughs> yeah, understand. like I've I've had some like social media interactions with some people who I can even understand Trump like conservative Star Wars fans because again, it's broad strokes. You, you don't get any kind of you know other than generic good versus evil uh uh moralizing from star wars you know yeah uh so i can i can at least kind of see it they probably are like you know what palpatine didn't have yeah all that, that many this is this is super interesting to me because this is uh this is the thing i think about sometimes if you want to make actual change then the best way to do that might be to reach the largest audience possible with a message of positivity sure and i think that star wars does that i think yeah. that star wars has succeeded in that uh, and that's why it's so powerful to to cast diversely in Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah, because there's a whole generation now of of kids that are going to see themselves more represented in large popular pop culture, mass culture entertainment. Right. And that's a that's a positive thing. Right. Like if you're I mean like I'm you know I'm Jewish and I remember when the Hebrew Hammer came out on Comedy Central. Right. Like the worst movie ever that I did not watch. <laughs> right. Uh but I was like man, like a like a Jewish movie. Like I've never seen that before. Right. Um, and yeah, just like, you know, what Black Panther was to the black community, right? like the fact that that didn't exist until now is crazy. Like yeah. the fact that there wasn't something that like crossed 
like crosses over into into uh, white culture. Exactly. Yeah, something that white white and black culture could celebrate together. Right. Um, and that's so powerful. Like that that movie was such a amazing healing thing for a country that is like su- super divided right after the Trump election because that movie came out like a year after or something. Right. Um. So. I just felt like that was this battle cry from, you know, for from progressive thinkers who are making popular media who know that they have the power to make some positive change and then they took took that power and harnessed it and went for it. Like that right. I just I just felt chills watching that movie just feeling like this is just really good for us right now. Yeah. Like, and like really we're saying this, this is something that should happen more where you have yeah. more representation in creators who then create things that portray more representation, you know, that's Yeah. That's positive for the culture, so, positive for our world. <laughs> so then is it the right way to go to try to make something that appeals to everybody because, and then try to slip these messages in? Or is it better to just, you know, not worry about that and just like tell the story you want to tell and, you know, and just forget about that? I mean, what, well, I mean, I don't know. You, you, you be you, baby. <laughs> Yeah, because I feel like Star Wars is trying to be mass marketable. And I feel like Marvel movies are also. Well, yeah, because, I mean, again, this is why I'm saying it's slightly different now because it's a franchise of someone else's thing. You're not like, oh, I'm a creator that's going to go, you know, I've got this idea I want to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's, I I think it is, yeah, it's a different beast. Yeah. These are the things that keep me up at night for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man. What what is your favorite science fiction? If you had to pick like one thing now, one thing now, I don't know. It's really hard. Um, I think the thing that I was been most excited about recently, and I haven't even f- finished it, and I haven't even delved that far into it, was The Expanse. Oh fuck yeah! But that's because I just just I mean like the first two episodes, and I'm like, oh, this is the best thing that's ever been created in terms yeah. of science fiction. And even, even it's hard science fiction it is, more yeah. or less, which I don't, which I said before was never a thing that I was into, but it was, and it's not that I don't give a shit about that. This, the expanse could be straight up space fantasy in the vein of star Trek or star Wars. But if everything else about it was the way it is now, I would still love it because that's the thing that I enjoy. You know, mm-hmm. there's nothing preventing, Star Trek now, especially from making things that are at that level of quality, um, other than their own choices of who they hire to write stuff or or whatever limitations they're imposing. Yeah, you know, The Expanse has the benefit of being based on pre-existing uh, books that were written specifically. My understanding is to be eventually uh, turned into film property. You know, yeah, like the the writers of the books who go by a pen name for the books. And go by their real names on the show. Our writers on the show also. Right, right, right. So yeah. this was their, this was, and it makes sense. I mean, G- Game of Thrones, I think, I don't think HBO could have made something like Game of Thrones without it having been existing material. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think The Expanse is the perfect example of, of like when you are telling a story, when you take your second pass at it, sometimes it's even better than the first time. Because oh, yeah. I read the first book of The Expanse and wasn't super into it right i liked it but the show was just infinitely better yeah and the first book covers the first roughly two seasons of the show right so i had um or actually like the first like season and a half i guess sure so i had read the first book after watching the first season 
So I got like half of season two in book form without right. having without watching it on the show. Yeah. And I was like, I am not reading the rest of these because the show is so much more powerful and yeah. incredible. I wanna I wanna take the story in on the show. Yeah. And it's the same writers. I mean yeah. and I, I feel like they and they're also working with uh, Naren Shankar, who was a writer on Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, okay. And he's been around like the TV industry for a while. Right. Um, doing a lot of really cool stuff. So he's like a showrunner, I think. Oh, nice. If I'm remembering correctly. I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, I th- the way that they've tightened up the story and the way that they've chosen to tell it and the way that they've like done all the exposition and you know uh, unfolding this narrative, which is really complex on the TV show, is one of my favorite examples of storytelling that I've ever seen. Yeah. They are doing such a good job. And I just got caught up recently on season three, like a few months back. Yeah. Uh, and it really, really blew me away. Nice. Yeah. I've only watched the first season and I'm oh kind of just so sitting there and waiting. I, uh, I don't know how many seasons they'll make, but... Definitely at least four, because yeah. they're doing one more. They're doing one, right. Sci-fi, right? Sci-fi? Uh, actually, it got picked up by Amazon. Sci-fi canceled uh, it. Oh, oh, Sci-fi started it, and then now Amazon has it. Yeah. Well, they canceled uh, it. It's Jeff Bezos' favorite show, so he picked it up for Amazon. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Well, it's it's well, you know what? Say what you will about our, our American-grown oligarchs. <laughs> at least they're making quality science fiction. Yeah, and The Expanse I is- I wish he loved The Tick that much. <laughs> oh, was that canceled? Uh, that's what I've heard. Yeah, they did. Mm. But they did two seasons and I'll fucking take it, my man, because yeah. <laughs> I, I love me some ticks so much. Yeah. I, I haven't. I watched the pilot of the new one, but, I've, but I love the old show. Yeah, it's different than the old show, the Patrick Warburton one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it increasingly gets better, you know, and it's, I, I think once you kind of, it doesn't, it's not like it finds its rhythm. It's very much akin to all the other tech stuff where you just kind of get into its rhythm and then mm. then you're good, you know? Cool. Yeah, I, like, I feel like The Expanse is also doing what, what I would want to do as a storyteller when I feel like Black Panther was doing, which is... Uh, the type of like diverse casting that I've never really seen before where right. it's, it's just a total mishmash of people. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like a jambalaya of people <laughs> <laughs> from just all over the globe. Yeah. And what I love about the story is like, it takes place so far in the future that, you know, you have earth, you have Mars and you have the belt, the asteroid belt. Right. So Earthers, Martians, and Belters. Right. And there are class and class divisions right. based off of where you are born and where you grew up. Right. In the solar system. But there don't seem to be any racial divisions anymore. Right, right, right. Which is brilliant storytelling yeah. because they don't address it. They don't talk about it on the show, but it just implicitly says that at some point, right. you know, race stops being an issue for humans and we find a new way to hate each other. Right. Uh, and by by having the whole show be about that conflict and you know because we didn't grow up in that world right so we know that like that's just a a silly division right you know like there's no reason to hate each other based off of where you grew up and because they don't hate each other on the show based off of race it kind of like helps you to internalize the idea that human beings find ways to hate each other and it is wrong right right, right, but it's very subtle and uh, powerful storytelling i think like i to me like that's one of the best ways to 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 tell that story is to just show it you know and not talk about it i think it's really fucking cool and that's just the icing on the cake of a brilliant science fiction television show that has incredible special effects really great acting brilliant character development 
an incredible story and it really goes far out as yeah, far as it's, like it, it's taking sh- you into the into the fucking like corners of the human mind um and like the limits of what you know the science and technology can do for humanity it's it's really fucking cool yeah, it's a shame that it's not something that like hbo has where you're like oh they're gonna stick with this for you know they're gonna they're yeah. they're willing to outlay the cash for this or that it didn't have the audience even you know which is ultimately yeah. the problem is you know yeah i mean that's something that i was really worried about at first but since we've already gotten three seasons and we're getting a fourth yeah that's a that's a lot of show yeah and, and I, it's I mean, already been so good and who i mean if they gave two seasons the tick i mean i right. can't imagine that was getting huge ratings well everyone needs to go watch the expanse right. and like tell everyone you know to watch the expanse because we got to keep it going right but even if we just have what we got that's already like such a gift and so exciting but I, I totally agree with you that The Expanse is one of the best things on right now. Yeah. Is that? Do you feel like that is your favorite piece of science fiction? Well, see, this is why it's interesting because I, I've only watched the one season when it came out, whenever it came out. And uh, then I was too cheap to pay for Amazon at the time was charging to watch the second season. Yeah. It's all on Prime now. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I, I didn't realize I was probably watching it like it had been on sci-fi mm-hmm. and then the second season started and then Amazon was like, Oh, there's a yes. no, one episode. There's that, a second that episode. happened for sure. Right. It, it was like you had to pay for season two until for like a year and then yeah. it went on prime. Right. So I'm saying like, I love it, but also I didn't do anything to support it. <laughs> yeah. Which I, well, which I should, and I paid for CBS all access. So just watching it know. supports it. Cause like Amazon can see that they you're get watching the ratings. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen that with other things like the guy, uh, one of the guys on the new Mr. Science theater, people were like, how can we support the show? He's like, uh, just turn on a computer and let it run. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> click, click on episode one and let it just keep going dude that is what i love about youtube is that that that's how youtube works yeah like podcasts don't work that way right you know? right 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 um which is why doing a podcast for money is not the right thing to do yeah um and i'm <laughs> so incredibly grateful for my patrons yeah. who support this show like the and especially the ones who've stuck with me through the last several months because like i've had i had like a six-month stretch where i didn't put an episode out yeah. and I, I mean, I lost a patron or two, but I was shocked with how many people stuck with That's me. That's good. Yeah. Well. And yeah, I mean, some people are supporting me for the music and some for the podcast and some mm-hmm. for the game streaming. And I, I'm, and, I mean, it's confusing for me and I'm, <laughs> I don't know how any of it's working. And the fact that mm-hmm. anyone supports me is, and is this is how you're making it up to them. Yeah. Talking to me, talking to you, <laughs> just going on and on about <laughs> the same thing that I can't shut up about. Well, you know what I do, what I'm really into at the moment um is the arrowverse dc arrowverse oh yeah because i never got into that oh i really like it i i originally started watching it just because i'm like you know i do the superhero radio play thing so it's nice i feel like it's good to kind of consume a lot of the superhero um tv and movie stuff which i would already like anyways i love superheroes but it helps to kind of get my sense of where is this genre at the moment in terms of um content you know sure because if i because a lot of what we do is satire so if i'm going to satirize something i should kind of know what they're doing totally so anyways so arrow like season one is like it's it's okay it's not great it's very like i don't know schlocky yeah but it's it's you're like it's fine but then uh when flash starts it's like oh this is like a breath of fresh air in a way it's like bouncy and light and it's still corny i mean cw is corny as hell all of cw is always going to be super corny it's fine uh (laughs) but then they just keep expanding it and then they add they add the legends of tomorrow which is just balls out insane it's it's the most fun 
superhero uh show that that has ever existed <laughs> it's so good it's so weird and and you know and silly and it does not take itself seriously in any way shape or form you know and they Man. just keep expanding they do all these crossovers now and uh yeah it's just it's really it's a, it's kind of impressive in its own way like yeah, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe is an impressive thing, but the the CW Arrowverse is also like really impressive with what they've done. And then, yeah. you know, they're they're gonna do a Batwoman now. They, that I'm excited about. Yeah, I didn't, I did. So I I don't read or follow anything about the Arrowverse or CW. I only watch it through Netflix. So just at the beginning of this month, I think they dropped the latest batch. And so you suddenly get like new season of Supergirl, new season of Flash, new season of Arrow, new season of Legends of Tomorrow, huh. new season of Black Lightning, like just boom, all down uh, on Netflix. And then I go to these websites that are like Arrowverse viewing order. And then I just binge through all of wow. the, the new stuff. Fun. So that's what I'm in the middle of now. And I'm like, damn, this is really good. Black Lightning is the second season is so good. It's it's cool. it's very different in tone than the other Arrowverse shows, but it's it's great. I really like it. They they're they're doing some bold things in their second season. Legends of Tomorrow is super, super fun. They've gone on a whole magic kick this season. <laughs> so. It sounds like something I'd really like. I feel like Someday I'll probably dive into it. It's so much better than the DC movies. Yeah, it's, it's weird that I I feel like they should have made movies off of those shows. Like bring in Grant Gustin who plays the Flash right. for a Flash movie. Yeah. And like have have a maybe just make a Batman movie. Right. Where, you know, where some of these characters from the TV shows show up. Well, see, that's what's interesting is cuz it's sort of what happened with Marvel where like Netflix, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that version, not like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is his own kind of anomaly in a, in a way. Yeah. But like the the cinematic, the, the television universe, they get the um, Hell's Kitchen street level heroes, right? Right. Who were, I mean, if you follow the comic books, that those are, those are, they're great, but they're not what Marvel would consider sort of, I think, the top tier you know, uh, heroes, they're, they're tentpole heroes. I mean, right. even the Avengers initially was like, well, that's, they're not the big ones, but you know, we'll go Iron Man. Let's see what happens kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then with DC, DC, of course it's Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, you know, these are their, those are the, the, the big three. So the, the TV shows, I mean, who the fuck <laughs> the green arrow? Like he's, yeah. he's a nobody in previously in in the dc universe uh but that that worked really well i guess you know they're they're less beholden to, to something i don't know yeah it's interesting I, I i it's so perplexing what they did with those dc movies yeah i finally watched uh justice league right and it was so bad yeah. it was like such a bad movie and i kind of enjoyed bits of the first half of it yeah but then the second half, I'm just like, I'm not even entertained. Like, I'm just bored. Yeah, I, I mean, I like it okay. I I I did like the Batman versus Superman. Yeah. The, 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 I, our mom's name are the same. Martha. <laughs> I was not. I was not super Batman into that versus movie. Superman versus Martha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, Wonder the Woman. The League of America. And I finally watched Wonder Woman also. 
yeah. within the last that like, one year I or something. Did, I that was a really, like, I mean, that's a yeah. really good movie. That's a good I really movie, liked. Right. That's an exception. I haven't I've seen, heard Shazam is better. I haven't seen Shazam, and I, I haven't seen Aquaman this, either. I like the first Aquaman. It's fun. I'm just not. I'm not super interested in those movies. Like the tone of them, and like the 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 weird grain of them, I just don't really like. Right. And like right, the style right. of special effects, I'm not super into. Um, but I want them to be good because like Batman has always been my favorite superhero. Right. And right, right. I love like the I mean the Dark Knight is like one of my favorite movies. Like yeah. that movie's insane. It's just so good. I do like yeah, I do like the I I, I do like and the movies. Also uh, Batman Forever is right up there for me. Yeah. So good. I see, and this was for like comic books. I never liked DC comic books. I read a couple, like I was super into Firestorm for some reason. Uh-huh. But I generally didn't like Batman or Superman or any of that kind of stuff. But I was really into Marvel. You yeah. Know? And I not not some of my friends were like across the board right. of Marvel. Uh, like one of my friends in particular was really into the people you're seeing in the in the Netflix television universe. That he really liked the the street level uh, Marvel heroes, the Hell's Kitchen, Defenders. yeah, the Hell's Kitchen, the yeah, yeah, the yeah. Defenders, uh, Moon Knight, and you know, yeah. I recently read a bunch of DC Rebirth. Oh, okay. Like the first couple years of worth of content of several different books. Um, I read a ton of it and then I started to burn out because I don't know. It's just, it's tough. Cause like the quality is never super consistent. Right. Um, and I might go back and continue some of them. I was really enjoying green lanterns. Mm. Like Jessica Cruz is such a cool character. It's Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz huh. who are two green lanterns of earth. Okay. Um, and it's, it's showing some interesting backgrounds for characters and like Jessica Cruz in particular, I, I had read in, some of the new I've read a bunch of the new 52 also yeah yeah I know I, I gave all that a pass yeah and I I read like a bunch of the new 52 and then I read a bunch of DC Rebirth and I traditionally like I got into comics in my early 20s actually and yeah. I was really into Vertigo yeah I yeah I love that shit yeah me too and then um I started getting into some Batman stuff at that point and some super a little bit of Superman but I mean traditionally like my favorite superhero books have been batman books right 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 and i read a ton of batman i read yeah. all of the new 52 batman oh, wow and um up to a certain point all of the um the uh rebirth batman okay but i don't know they did this whole like event where they had catwoman and batman getting married supposedly sure, yeah but then it like doesn't happen it's just and, like Superman and Wonder Woman sometimes. Yeah, and I'm just like, how long do we need to circle the same story? Yeah, like how, like why can't we do something new and different? And right. like the they can't let go of those people, right? You know? And at a I mean, Marvel point, does it to a degree, you know. But yeah. I feel like Marvel feels like they're more willing to just throw stuff out or reboot or whatever. You know? Yeah, like at a certain point. Like it, it doesn't feel genuine anymore. Yeah, you know, like when you get to the end of the new Fifty Two Batman, there's this weird jump forward, uh, where it's like this future where Bruce Wayne has started cloning himself, and <laughs> when there always has to be a Bruce Wayne Batman, which and is I'm just which like, is ah. wonderful because of it's like it's showing the the hollow creativity of DC by never <laughs> being able to let go of bruce wayne as batman yeah. and then in the story bruce wayne as batman is such a raging egomaniac yeah he can't conceive of letting go <laughs> yeah but that being said like bruce wayne as batman is the best like i, I sure but it doesn't I have to be you could just write something I, else i, I don't feel like there have been enough great 
Like, there's been so many great Bruce Wayne as Batman stories. Yeah. But there's been like a vast majority more mediocre. Yeah, of course. Because it's just been Batman around stories. for so long. And and probably a majority of just kind of like meh stories. Yeah, but I see I feel like that would apply to anything. Like it's right, the, what's totally. his name? bringing it back to science fiction, the Sturgeon's law that uh 80% of science fiction is crap. But 80% of everything is crap. Right. So 80% of the Batman stories are crap. 80% of the X-Men stories are garbage. You know? Yeah. And that's what worries me about Star Wars is like, are we going to get to a point where, you know, 80% of Star Wars is crap? Eh, maybe. <laughs> I mean, because Star Trek, Star Trek doesn't feel like that to me. Star Trek has continually reinvented itself. Yeah. And as much as I hated season one of Discovery, I've completely fallen in love with it for yeah. season two. Right, right, and right. And now right. I'm so excited for the Picard show. Yeah. And I'm so excited for Lower Decks. Yeah, me too. I, was not, I wasn't excited right about that at first. But Lower Decks is, in case anyone hasn't heard of this, because it's like less in the news, it's a new Star Trek adult themed animated comedy right it's like for Play cbs Seven, except you know actual yeah. star trek and i'm like the biggest survivor nerd i love survivor yeah and two previous survivors who are writers television writers are writing on lower decks nice. john cochran and uh um oh my god i just forgot david wright nice are both writing on lower decks two of my favorite survivors of all time uh and so i'm just so excited i'm like super excited that's great about that show it's gonna be awesome yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it i love i love me some star trek yeah but yeah star trek changes tone a lot and like the original series to next generation was a very different huge, tone huge change next yeah. generation season two to season three was a totally different yeah, tone yeah, yeah. and yes like deep space nine and voyager had a similar style of production to right. next generation right because they all fit with that 90s aesthetic of star exactly trek. Yeah. but deep space nine the tone is so far away so from yeah from Next Generation. I do feel like Voyager was kind of retreading Next Generation territory. No, Voyager is retreading original series. That's sure. 100% what Voyager... Voyager yeah. is like, what if we took what the original series was like and then did it through the 90s aesthetic? It's, yeah. you know... Which is now what Discovery is doing, which is kind of cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, and then the movies are so... Di- I just rewatched Star Discovery Trek ne- Discovery needs... A, we've talked about this on Duck Space Nine, but what Discovery needs is a balls out weird episode. Yeah. You know, uh, that like Voyager season two, episode one, there's a goddamn truck in space. I mean, there was a space whale in season one. That was pretty out there. Yeah. Uh, but we've seen it's, space it's, whales it's not, before. It's not centered enough for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> I need, you know, a giant holographic hand grabbing your Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what... You've met they, Apollo they, Yeah, when mad. they found the, the archive in season two that was just this, like, giant ball of fire yeah, like, yeah. inside of this weird thing. That was so original series Yeah, yeah that's true. That's, I loved that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I that's love that's just what they like, did you know what? Two. This makes no fucking sense. Deal with it, assholes. Right. Yeah, but it is. It right. is happening. And then the people in the world have to actually deal with it. Right, totally. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But yeah, I just rewatched um, Star Trek V for the first time since I was like a teenager. Oh. <laughs> uh, and I loved it. Uh, I loved I, it. I haven't gone back to the movies yet, but I want to, yeah, I want to watch all the movies again. That's the one that everybody hates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one where they, they search that's where for they God. let um, Shatner direct. Yeah. That movie is great. <laughs> that movie is so entertaining. It has so much heart. It's got a really interesting premise. Yeah. Um, I really, really love it. I, I remember loving it as a kid and- there was like a fan petition to get rid of it, like there right. was with Game of Thrones season eight. Because people are jerks. Yeah, people are jerks. And so, you know what? So what if there's a bad movie in the middle right. of your precious canon? 
just yeah deal with it yeah i mean yeah totally when it's i yeah i say that but then like when i was a teenager i would have signed a petition to remake the prequel trilogy <laughs> but that that's the only time in my life that i ever mm. felt that way sure and i was so upset so i get it like i mean i'm not saying like i don't understand what it's like to be an angry fan cuz i've been there right. and i went through an actual like emotional depression because i was so upset that new star wars was bad right. but also i was what like 13 years old yeah um, I've I realized that I've never been, I mean, not like a thing, but I don't have that emotional connection. I don't think I have an emotional connection to any of the things that we've talked about to the level where I'd be like, oh boy, they really screwed the pooch on this, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm trying to be less connected to the things that I love. I'm trying to love what I love about them and not care about the things that I don't like. Yeah. And I think I tend to do that. I feel, I feel like I yeah. have much more of a, uh, uh, uncharitably, I would say that I have a non-discriminating tastes with yeah. things. Charitably, yeah. I would say I have a big heart for genre fiction. Yes, I think both could be accurate yeah. <laughs> for you. That's why a few times on the uh, sci-fi and trial, it's like, yeah, whatever it is, I, I'll come over and defend it. Yeah, totally. You're, you're like, I'll defend it. I'll yell at it. I don't care. I'll find, way, I'll I'll find something it. good in it. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm someone who like, I feel so passionately about some of my sci-fi that I've like written music about it. Right, you know, right, like right, I've right, like right. put into song the way I feel about watching ET and the way I feel watching star Wars. Yeah. And that's not something that I want to lose. And I feel that way about the expanse. Yeah. You know, the expanse makes me feel that. And, and when, um, when I feel that connected to something, it's like one of the most exciting things for me. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't really understand why either, you know, like you asking you why you love stuff. Like, I don't really know why either sometimes. Right. Right. Besides right. Besides right. the fact that it is like, well, I can, I can pinpoint this for sure, that it is putting the message out into the world of, like, inclusion and um, humanity coming together. Like, Star Trek makes me feel this way. Like, right. humanity growing and thriving and being this positive version of itself in the future where we get past a lot of the things that we hate each other for now because that's right. something that upsets me so deeply. Right, And right. that's why I love this shit so much. Yeah, that's good. It's interesting because we've talked about this before on Duck Space Nine as well where I don't, I don't have that level of feeling. Like, I'm someone who'd be like, oh, the world's bad, but then, you know, I it doesn't often affect me on a deep emotional level, so then I don't seek or find comfort in watching something that, like, addresses it necessarily or, yeah. or, or talks about it. Yeah, I really, really find comfort in that, and I also find comfort in trying to create something like that. Yeah. Like, I've been working on this... Um, I had this movie when I was... Movie. I had this idea when I was in high school, or maybe even earlier than that, to like if i if i could have my ultimate dream in the universe it would be to make like a trilogy of sci-fi movies oh, yeah, i would okay. want to make like the star wars for a new generation that is not star wars sure. you know um and i started thinking like what would that be and right. i've been thinking about that for um decades at this point yeah um and i've gotten to the point where it's solid enough that i can start to write it oh nice and i've been like trying to do that and it's so hard cuz yeah. like i've written i've written a fair amount of stuff um, like I've been working on this web series, strange love for years that I've talked about before on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we have like, I talked to you about this yeah. before also, cause there's a part for you. Right. Right. But we have like, <laughs> we, we've recast this cause like the whole, I, we were about to start shooting and then my health flare up happened three right. years ago. Um, and then a bunch of people, well, I mean, it's a small cast, but like Ryan Casey moved away and right. the main girls told me that she was moving to LA. So I'm like, okay, well I'm going to recast this. Right. So I have recast it and we were about to start shooting again. Um, like a couple last year i guess like towards the end of last year 
And then my health got way, like inside right. of my health flare up that was already happening, it got way worse. Right. And that's like the time when the podcast went away for about six months. Right. Uh, and now we just, everything keeps being put on hold. And it's very frustrating, but at some day I want to make this web series. Yeah. Um, and the web series is more just like goofy, silly. Um, right. But it has this like core message of like love is love is limitless. Okay. Like, you know, it doesn't matter where you are from or who you are. If you love someone like that is real and that is good. Uh, and like trying to shed the things that can get in the way of that. Um, Cause it's a story about like this alien man and human woman who couldn't be more dissimilar, who are like perfect for each other in the weirdest ways possible. And they fight about all the stupidest things, but they agree on all the weird things that are more important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of fun, but, uh, but yeah, and that like wrote, I was able to write right. that, that like relatively easily. But you're having a hard time with this other trilogy. Yeah. yeah, like I wrote this like hour long movie version of Strange Love that I then like, I showed to my friend Sarah, who was on the podcast last time, and she and I started working on it together and like writing new episodes. And that is just so fun and like such a a good process. Like when we sit down to work on it, something usually flows out of that. Yeah. And I just sat down recently by myself trying to write this, trying to start this like script for this first of this movie trilogy right. and the overwhelming nature of it really got to me oh. and like not knowing exactly how to say what I was trying to say. And like, I could see it in my head, but I couldn't get it on the page. Oh wow! Like, I, I had a lot of those feelings. It was really huh. interesting. And I don't, I don't really know how to get past them. Luckily I don't need to right now. It's like the, the story is still kind of like, I kind of percolate stories in my mind over right. the course of years or decades sometimes where yeah. it's like, I don't know what this is or what it's going to be. And then it gets clearer and clearer. Yeah. I can understand that. I often, when I'm actively getting to, prepare to write something or am writing something it's it's i'm mulling it over like all the time when i'm walking around yeah thinking about it or like i'm imagining dialogue between people and you know seeing where it goes or trying to yeah envision what the overall arc is going to be you know that kind of thing and how much do you love that feeling well i mean that's also it's some of that is also annoying to me because it's not really yeah because it's it's like i just want to know what the thing is like i I love that i don't i don't want to think about the plotting of it i want to just know either where it's going or where it's starting right because then you know it's i i'm super cliche when it comes to like my writing habits where i'll usually just sit down with some whiskey and just start just start just like okay i know this is where it's going and i know who's here now and so i'll just start writing stuff and then just like you know and it starts eventually will start to trail off if i keep drinking and writing and it gets incoherent sometimes (laughs) and then you know i'll go back sometimes the next day or a couple days later uh sober and kind of look things over and chop out stuff that's you know clear nonsense or clean things up that kind of thing yeah so then that's like a iterative wave of a process of so you just kind of bukowski it yeah or a hemingway Hemingway, you know it's like yeah it's like oh what 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 a no talent white hacks do get drunk (laughs) right yeah sober up clean it up yeah i've done a lot of writing that has not seen the light of day i'm at the point in my life where i'm like i really want some of my writing to be produced sure and that's why i want to do this strange love web series so badly yeah. and that's the thing is that you can just produce it yourself you know exactly I mean, that's yeah. why we went with a radio play because it, it eliminated uh more of the complications of the production of it you know like we liked writing the script uh or ha- well <laughs> from my point of view 
I like having a finished script that I wrote. <laughs> right. You know, that's the part that's good. But then, you know, what do you do with that? At this point in time, we don't really have any avenue for it. So, okay, we can, the easiest thing to do in my mind then that is the next step, which is to record re- reading it, you know, mm-hmm. and then, then release that. Yeah. I still, I loved the live action I know I've I've said this over and over, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I really I loved that so much. Yeah, there, there's just a sh- it's just a shit, shit ton, ton of work. work. Yeah, for, I for, hear you. It would be different if we were like what eventually Dan did with Tiny Baby, where it's filmed and then edited and then put out as a web series. You know, yeah, that would have justified the work that we put into just doing this as a one night yeah. thing. But as it was, it's like oh my god, this is a lot of it's it's an act of love, but it is a lot of work for it. You know, yeah. I mean, I think the the climate of today is actually um, w- much better for doing something like like filming a live show and then releasing it as a sitcom. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I think that would be awesome. If yeah. you if you decide to do Flight Space Seven, I want to be involved. Yeah, I would. I mean, now I think that ship has sailed. Like a lot of that had to do with the the you know me being. An a, a more active part of 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 a scene of people that could be involved in it that right. wanted to do that, having access to this venue that would give you rehearsal right. space. And scratch and, deli closed down. Yeah, yeah, and, and so and then having the time to do it, you know, yeah. that's a whole other factor. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting. I've been thinking so much about like with the time and the energy that I have, what content do I really want to produce? Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to kind of find that because I love game streaming. I love right. podcasting. I love making music and making music videos. And I'm trying to figure out like, what is the ratio of all that that I want to be doing and what do I want to be really focusing on? Um, But the cool thing is that I found ways in that to take a lot of the post-production out of doing the podcast. Live streams require no post-production at all. Right. Um, Yeah. That one just seems like a, it's just a bunch of setup that seems like a hassle. Yeah. The setup isn't too bad, but like, and then even in like, even, I don't know, like you have to, you're already at the point where you fostered some of it. It's already, you've already tended the garden and got exactly. it to that point. Yeah. You know? That like, just seems like a huge plastic hassle to me. Building the setup was really difficult, but right. once it's up and running, it's like getting it set up isn't bad. Right. That's the type of stuff I'm trying to focus on now. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to do a couple of like bigger projects behind the scenes that I take me a long time. Like I've actually started working on a music video for my song Moisture Farm where <laughs> I'm, I've done a couple music videos where I've edited uh, movies down to the songs I wrote about them. Right, right. Um, like my music video for Elliot is like uh, my song Elliot that's about E.T. I just edited down E.T. to, right. to the song. <laughs> um, and I started doing that for Moisture Farm where I'm editing down the first Star Wars movie. Right. And I am having so much fun. Yeah, and that's, I, that sounds I've great. Actually, and this time I'm actually, I've because I have a green screen now, I filmed myself and I'm putting myself into Star Wars. Nice. And that is bringing me like the deepest, purest joy. Uh, I can't even describe to you what how good that feels. No, I can to, like, understand. Put myself in Star Wars, and then I'm also like recontextualizing the footage. Right. So I was like, I had this initial idea about what it was going to be, but it was kind of boring. So then I started shifting things around and like trying to tell a story with the footage that is not the story of Star Wars right. necessarily, and um. Like it's a little surreal, and yeah. I'm I'm just really loving it. It's so fun, but I can only work on it when I'm feel, have a relatively high amount of energy. Yeah, because like I'm you know I'm dealing with some health stuff where my brain doesn't work right all the time. Right, and sometimes I can't really work on editing because I can't hold in my head what yeah. I was doing a second yeah, ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. And honestly, it's really affected all, all of my work. Right. Um, 
that's why I've slowed down so much. And, you know, I, I struggle, I've been struggling with the podcast because I feel like I'm not my full self. And when I listen back to it, I'm like, well, this isn't quite the show that I want it to be because right. of me, you know? I have that same feeling when I'm working on editing things, but it's easy for me to get around it because I could just not get high before I start editing. <laughs> so I have an, I fortunately have an easy fix for my problem. Yeah, mine is the reverse. Like sometimes right. getting high makes it work for me. Right, right. Where I can't focus. Yeah, something, it's so funny. Like I, so using, uh, I mean, I've, uh, how can I tell this story as short as possible? Ba- basically, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, and now that is in question. And currently, the theory is that I have a bacterial infection in um, several, well, like several different bacterial infections in my body that are have been there for so long that they're like, like hardened, like a jawbreaker, my doctor says, where like it needs to be peeled apart one layer at a time to get it out of my body. But he thinks that one of these is actually in my sinuses and pushing on my brain and causing Mm -hmm. neurological symptoms. So, um, I forgot where where is, where is the story going? I forgot now. Like (laughs) I got, I got into the beginning of it and now I forgot. (laughs) Yeah. Long story short, I'm having some neurological trouble. (laughs) Um, oh yeah, I remember. So, the weird thing is that sometimes weed actually makes my brain connect better. Oh, sure. Yeah. Where oh, it like puts something back together that is like being broken right. by some unknown force, yep, 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 which yep. is the weirdest fucking thing in the world to like need to get high to, to think clearly. Sure. Yeah. All right. But mm. there's like times where I'm not high, where I like cannot think. Like sometimes it affects my, my speech and my, um, right. like sometimes I'm not able to speak because I'm just like trying to find words and can't. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I'll get super high and I'll like, like I'm super high right now, but I feel like relatively clear headed. Nice. Um, and I didn't like doing the podcast high at all back right. in the day because I liked to be clear headed. Right. And now the the clearest headed that I can be is high. Right. Which is weird, but it's not the same. It doesn't, it's like if, if I'm having a lot of symptoms in a given day, if I, take a lot of weed i don't feel high i feel more i feel closer to normal and a little loopy right um well i can't wait until they relieve the pressure from your brain so you can start getting high to feel loopy again i know i miss it (laughs) like it happens all the time because i'm you know like some if i'm having a better day and i need some weed like i can get high off of it it's not like i can't ever get high like usually uh like five milligram candy is plenty for me yeah but there's days where I'll take 10 milligrams and, and feel almost nothing. Right. Just evens you out. Yeah. It just gets me a little closer. It's really bizarre. I've actually, I was telling Doug, I was telling about this before we started recording, but I am, I've started collecting some recordings for a new podcast called uh, Major Pain. This is the first time I've mentioned this publicly mm. besides maybe like a random live stream, but breaking news, breaking news. Now from Jesse Mercury studios, it's major pain. <laughs> Do you suffer from long-term <laughs> chronic pain? So yeah, I'm like talking to people who have had to integrate um, chronic health conditions into their lives or chronic pain, emotional or physical into their lives to, and like have to keep existing with something that can't be removed. Right. Uh, and I've recorded one conversation so far that was super interesting, and I'll be talking about my health there. Um, I'm not really wanting to focus on that on this podcast. I, I have to bring it up sometimes because it does like really affect the output of this show right. and like the the way that this show has gone. You know, I mean, all of my dreams of what I was doing with this show have all all got put on hold when my health flared up. Um, and then I did a big two part episode on this podcast about my health. Uh, which I feel the need to do. Like, I feel like if I'm 
if I have this equipment and I'm going through this thing and I'm experiencing something that's like truly bizarre and, and like, I haven't gone into detail on this, on the podcast in quite a while. And, and I'm excited to do that on major pain just to like share this story about what I'm experiencing because I feel like there are other people out there who might be experiencing something similar who where like they go to doctors and they just, you know, they cannot find any answers or just hearing from other people who are experiencing stuff like completely outside of my perspective. Anyone that listens to your podcast still, I know they love to hear you talk about pain. <laughs> so they are going to enjoy the shit out of this. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of want to, f- I want to like excise the part of me that needs to do that yeah. in this other podcast where it, it is in a place where it is, right. you know, appropriate. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And like this podcast in particular, I, this one is my experimental podcast now. Right, this right. is like it's more freeform. I, it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know what I want to do on sure. any given day, but I know I want to record right. a podcast. It starts that's, off that's coming here with you know? like someone that shares your interest in science fiction and then goes wherever. Yeah, that's yeah. what I kind of like, and I think I still will do shows where like we'll watch a movie and talk about it. But yeah. I'm, I I really veered into doing that style of thing because my health crashed, right, and it was harder for me to do conversations like this. Right, right, right. Um, and now, I mean, this is kind of therapeutic for me to have to like use my brain in this way, yeah, which yeah, is good. It's good. Uh, but it was easier to like just talk about something else and, you know, just invite someone over to watch a thing and talk about it. Yeah. Which I do like doing a lot, right. but I feel I've told like- you before that I could find out, you know, 10 years from now, like none of this equipment is hooked up to anything. You've just written a program that shows squiggly lines on there. <laughs> and that's, I'd be fine. No one ever hears any of it. No I one just, ever hears any of it. I right. just put it in my podcast right. bank. Which is really me admitting that I don't listen to them either. Which is because there's, I mean, I could prove to my satisfaction that they exist by just <laughs> you could. going on the They're phone there. and subscribing to. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's been really bizarre. Cause like I haven't, since I haven't been able to do consistent podcasting, it's really, um, my, my numbers have been all over the place in a bad way. But um, you don't care about numbers. But yeah, I've managed to like dis- emotionally disconnect from that mm-hmm. to the, because it was actually stopping me from wanting to make the show because I was so stressed. Like, if I put this out, will no one listen to it and will it make me depressed? I mean, listen, you have me as a guest, so you clearly have given up the fight for numbers. <laughs> and then I've actually, I've actually had some other things do well. Uh, like my... This this has been the most bizarre experience. And this is not like, you know, we're talking like 5,000 views here, which is not right. that many in the grand scheme of things. But my video for Elliot has started to be picked up into YouTube searches. Oh, nice. Where it's now getting like right. 40 to 100 views almost every day. Right. The algorithm has decided, you know what? This one. People need to see this. Yeah. And it's be- I finally figured it out is because there was this other like E.T. Phone Home remix song right. that's like got millions of views or something. Oh, sure. That that my, my video has started being recommended to people yeah. after that because it's one of the only other... E.T. songs on YouTube. Right, which makes sense. Like, if you ever saw something that was, you know, climbing the charts of YouTube or was, like, oddly popular, you, it seems like that would be the time to release something if you're just chasing the algorithm, you know, sure. that it might link them together. Right, and I I feel like that that lifestyle is way too stressful for me. Like, I'm not sure. about that algorithm-chasing lifestyle. Right. But the you, the Elliot video was like a one-off on my channel. It's just something that I loved and I made for no reason. It, like, wasn't... It's, like, part of my music video playlist. Right. But I make a music video, like, once every few years because I love doing it for right. no other reason. And 
to have one of them get picked up by the YouTube algorithm is really bizarre because yeah. it's like, oh my God, you mean the thing that I really want to make could be successful? <laughs> right, is that right, real? Right. Is that for real? That's Seems cool. Seems like it, yeah. Yeah, so it, like that gave me the, you know, yeah, I've been wanting to make another music video for a while, but it got me finally up off my ass to do it, to work on this Moisture Farm music video. Right, right. But it also got me thinking like, okay, if if I if I don't need to worry about the algorithm because like sometimes something's going to hit and sometimes things won't. Right. And the best way to, to make something work is just to keep trying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I make something that is the the best version of what I can make and like the purest to what I want to make, yeah. um, if I'm following my passions and my creative whims, right. that probably gives me the best chance of making this happen because I game streamed for like a year and a half on YouTube very consistently. Right. And then YouTube gaming went away and it completely stopped like working the way it had been working like right. the notification stopped working and my my uh my viewership like tanked overnight right um and actually like i've and i like stopped streaming on youtube for a little while because i was so upset about that it like really hurt right uh but then i went back to youtube to try it out and it was a small audience but like people were really excited to see me there and it was so much fun and i'm like wow I forgot why I was doing this is because right. I love it because it's fun, right, you know. Right, like right, this right. is my community, and I I love these people, right. and I love hanging out with them and playing video games with them. And it's you had so a nice cool. narrative arc where you learned that it, the numbers were inside you all along. I, I, the numbers are inside me, <laughs> yeah. So, and I had been like streaming on Twitch in the meantime, and what now now I'm journey like, doing is a, the numbers. <laughs> now I'm just like dabbling <gasps> in a little bit of everything and not the and, numbers of the friends we meet along the way. <laughs> no. The journey is the the numbers that we meet along the way. The well, destination long, is the long story short. Friends, that journey brought me back to this podcast right. because I really this I love podcast. inviting people over to chat. Yes, it for for no particular reason. <laughs> uh, I like doing sci-fi on trial, and I like I have another show idea in mind for something a little more structured for a yep. podcast. And I'm working on Major Pain, which is much more structured, but. Like this type of thing we're doing right here that, Freeform, that this show has always been is something that I really love right. and like and I I have done this is going to this is the 118th episode of this Oof. show isn't that insane That's crazy and and as of right now I'm like just as excited and passionate about doing this as I ever was nice. and that tells me that that this is great for me yeah, you know you're going and towards it, the things that you enjoy Right exactly I'm like Follow your just plans. having this discussion was enough for me and the fact that anyone else gets to hear it is like so exciting. Yeah, yeah. And I still have like, you know, I used to have hundreds of listeners. I still have dozens of listeners. Right. <laughs> right. Um, like the I have not I've stopped like promoting episodes that I've put out. Yeah. I'm gonna try to figure that out eventually. But as of right now, I'm just like making them and putting them up. Sure. And like fifty to seventy people have listened. I'm like, great. Like I don't have to do any work and I still have dozens of people. Right. Um listening and like i i'm still ex- getting this experience that i really really love and right now that's more than enough for me and it's really exciting and i feel kind of embarrassed that i lost track of that for a while and like the numbers were upsetting me enough to well, the because, point where i stopped enjoying what i was doing because ultimately it is something that you want to succeed financially for you so the numbers are a way to track your progress on that path absent of actual financial remuneration you know yeah so I, i've also it makes kind of sense to follow them and to look at them and it sure. makes sense to even i don't know uh, be seduced by them in that sense of right, how do you chase right. them how do you increase them right. because you 
you are doing it for another goal. You aren't just doing it strictly for the sake of doing it. You know? Right. And I really want to be a full-time content creator, but right. I've also realized that podcasting is really not the way to make money. It's really right. not. Right. It's the, of all the content I've made, it is the hardest thing to monetize. Yeah. It's, so, it really seems like it's a lightning strikes a handful of times, you know? Yeah. It's more there like are, people are already famous and then make podcasts. Well, I mean, and there are exceptions. There are sure. shows that, that just either forge new territory, like, Oh, the culture wanted this and we didn't know about it, you know? Right. Right. But even then, you know, you're looking at like getting ads and uh right. patrons and you know i yeah. have a patreon and that's great but like right. um the whole game streaming world is just like set up for people to donate money right and like i i have made infinitely more money off of game streaming right. than i Which have is still staggering to me because i, I yeah I, and we're st- we're not talking that much here but like don't get but the, I, the nowhere near enough to live off of anything but like, above zero blows my right. mind i've made I, there have been months where i've made like hundreds of dollars game streaming right. like I, this month i i got like a couple hundred dollar I donations totally i was like this is insane people paying for podcasts right like that makes sense to me paying to watch game streaming is still mystifying you know <laughs> if i thought that i could make money at it i would just dedicate all of my time to cracking that yeah uh, and that's puzzle. but that is the that's the that's the danger like that's right. that's the devil talking sure. Douglas. <laughs> that's and that's what like i succumb to for a little while it's like i'm making some money at this so i should try to crack this right and i drove myself crazy because yeah. you can't crack it it's it is like it's in the ether. Like yeah. it's either going to happen or it won't. Yeah, it doesn't and even seem like which is a more reasonable pipe dream in terms of like I want to break into totally, entertainment. It's you know? such a pipe dream. Right, it totally is. And like, it, it involves. It seems like it involves more than just like dedication and hard work. You know, it, it involves luck and yeah. and also like but something to a staggering level and and something that we still don't re- really understand. There's like some magic formula where some people make it and some people it takes them years. Some yeah. people make it right away. It's just. I don't know. It's just all over the place. And like, I, I don't know. I feel like if I were ever going to make it on YouTube, it would be more likely because of a music video that I put out than for my, any of my game streams. Like the only thing I could think of is that if you could get so good at whatever is a hot game so that you could play competitively because there are competitive leagues of stuff. So then you can build a following, a niche following from your competitive play. And that happens a lot. And then you go into like, now just, casual playing not right. casual but like i'm not competing i now just have my own stream and then those people that loved you as a competitor follow you into that or, yeah, you, maybe. or, or you do both you know but it, right it feels like that is the only path that i can see again speaking as someone who knows zero about <laughs> this uh where actual like work and skill you know the uh head to the grindstone could build you an audience yeah i mean there is a way like head to the grindstone on on youtube gaming which no longer exists or on twitch is effective in some ways but it's very slow and extremely um if you if you are very invested in it it's really emotionally difficult because you know if the same amount of people like if your baseline of people don't show up to every stream you feel the sense of rejection right and then like you and i did a doug space nine stream on a random day once right. on YouTube on a day where the notifications were broken right. and no one knew we were live. Right. And we had like three or four people right. max. Right. And it was, it feels like a rejection, you know? Oh, I see. It was, see, it was still fun to me. It was so much fun. I still had a blast. <laughs> right, right. And, and like, I, I've gotten, o- I've gotten over that. Right. Because, uh, 
Yeah, because I rec- because you know it's, some of it's out of your control. Yeah. Um, but when I was like paying attention to that and like trying to grow every time and like right. pushing myself, like that type of thing happening can be really upsetting. Yeah. Well, again, um, and, and like I said, it makes sense because you, you know, that's, you're measuring your progress. And right. Totally. You got to see that. Right. Uh, but yeah, then this like YouTube picking up this random video and since it picked it up, okay, that video had 3000 views before the algorithm picked right. it up and it's been sitting dormant at 3000 for years. Right. And it, in the last um, couple of months, it's gotten 2000 views. Right. And right, it's right, like right. climbing every day. Right. So, uh, right. In a span of a month, it's going to double the views it had over three years. Exactly. For yeah. no reason. Right. For no reason. Right. And that is the biggest lesson I've ever learned in content creation is mm-hmm. like, do what you fucking love. Yeah. Because if you ever want something to, to get picked up by the algorithm if everything you if every, anything you put out there if it ever has the chance of being picked up make sure it's the thing you love the most because if <laughs> people want more of it you're going to want to deliver on that sure. you know yeah like i streamed breath of the wild for a long time and i kind of burned out on it and yeah. i love that game so much and yeah, i never thought i never thought i'd burn out on it but right. like i got to a point where i really needed to play something else yeah um and like that was a really weird and awkward thing to do like that was another big part of my numbers dropping on game streaming is like I stopped playing the game that was probably the most popular thing I was doing, even yeah. more so than Mario Maker. Right. Um, and even Mario Maker sometimes I feel burned out on. And I'm I'm realizing that I can't play one game forever. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited Mario Maker 2 is coming out because it's gonna be a breath of fresh air. Um, but I've been playing Hollow Knight recently and mm. I I've started like streaming random games on YouTube whenever I feel like it, just like whatever I feel like playing, whenever I feel like it. And that's not a good way to grow. And, but it's a little bit more natural for me and kind of like what I want to be doing. Right. And I really like that right now while my health is, you know, while I'm working on my health and just kind of needing to do creative projects as a creative release of some kind, like that's been feeling really good. And I don't know. And like working on this music video and I really want to, you know, finally get the sci-fi album out because it's pretty much done at this point. And I just feel like really good about all of this. It's really cool. I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. Whenever you and I podcast, I end up ranting about content creation. You it do, almost yeah. always gets cut out. Oh, I, really? I've cut it. I've cut it out almost every time because it's usually me complaining and bitching. <laughs> I assume that all of your episodes are like that. No. no is it just me because like i know what you're talking about yeah okay yeah <laughs> it's funny that you always cut it out because then it you have the conversation again where yeah. do you need to leave it in once do you need to have <laughs> well you, this one was a good a one separate show this one was positive so i might leave it, in. it like if it's me complaining about content creation i feel like do you the lamest a- thing you can possibly do is put out a podcast <laughs> complaining about content creation it just feels you so need lame. a show called meta mercury oh god that is just about the behind the scenes of the jesse mercury empire Ugh. where it's just talking about your no numbers, one no one wants talking it. about your oh if that's why I said before, if people are still listening, yeah, I don't know. Well, this was a, this one was yeah. relatively positive. But and see, I this like one I, I don't shared, realize. Like good lessons I learned instead of like YouTube gaming went away and I'm fucked. You know, <laughs> like I was I was like freaking out when that happened. So maybe nobody would like Meta Mercury because you've never released any of these. You keep cutting it out. Yeah, but I think <laughs> you yourself need Meta Mercury. Maybe, maybe now that I'm in like a more stable content creation <laughs> headspace, I could pull it off. Um. But I don't know. I mean, I want to... I'm still kind of feeling out what I'm doing and what feels good. Right. Today was great. This was a super fun time. Yeah, that's And awesome. I took this really nice... Um, I have this, like, concentrate that's... Mm. Uh, it's, like, 
50-50 THC and CBD. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's like dabbing concentrate that's mm. activated so you can eat it. Oh. And I took that before we started recording. Nice. Um, and like as of right now, I'm at like peak body feeling good. Oh. So I've just been like sliding up yeah, as we've been yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. Whereas my usual recently has been like my down. brain is slowing down and like having a harder time thinking. I'm like, now I'm like, this was great. So was we fun. should w- wrap up so you can enjoy this body high. We should. All right. <laughs> well, Doug, it was awesome to have you back on the show. I'm sure. I Thank mean, you, you know, come, come to Doug Space 9. You can hang out with Doug and I like yeah. hopefully every other week. We're going to try to do one within the next couple weeks. You can listen to us mm. talk about Babylon 5. <laughs> yes, dip on in this the podcast feed. Yeah. You've been on this show so many times. We talked about Radio LARP mm. with Ryan forever ago. Right, right, right. Um, you've been on Sci-Fi on Trial before, which is my mm-hmm. other podcast, which I really want to get going again. Friend and of the family. We are probably moving Doug Space 9 back to YouTube. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah. So make sure you subscribe to my YouTube, youtube.com slash jump on your discord server. That's where you find out all the hot, fresh details of all your, yeah, I never talk about this on the podcast, but I, I have a discord that has a sci-fi channel in it. So if you want to talk about science fiction with me, hop in my discord, there's a link in the show notes of the podcast. Awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, if anyone pops in there and starts talking about sci-fi, I get really excited, but there's like a general chat. It's most mostly people from my gaming community, but there's a few sci-fi people in there sure. as well. So. I should go there and start causing trouble. You should. You'd be good. I'll make you a moderator. <laughs> well, no, I'll give you your own like your own rank that's harmless, so that you can't. <laughs> I can't cause any damage because I'm sure that you would probably fuck things up if you could. On accident. Um, and then Doug, where do we go to find your stuff? Um, well, I'm Douglas W. Fail. F A I L fail on uh, various social media things where you can see all of my uh, hot fire OC memes. <laughs> um, we've got the Duck Space Nine on Instagram. I've got my my Facebook uh, group. Yes, your no, my Facebook, Facebook page. group. No, it's a page. It's a page. Facebook page for Star Trek memes. That's called uh, Jeans Keen Memes for Breen Teens. Yes. And, and it is great. It's fun. It's really, really good. This is something that you were doing for a while without me knowing about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my, my secret life. It's really great. <laughs> I mean, I that's one of the only things I enjoy about Facebook. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a mix of me curating ones I find yeah. where I try to always link to the creators of stuff versus like there's plenty of good stuff out there you can just find, but I like to just share stuff that you you know this is the person who created it and their name is attached to it or ones that i myself create so it's a mix of that yeah and you've been making memes for every episode of deep space nine yeah as we go through and watch the show together yep so the next the next episode of doug space nine is going to be um episodes three and four from season two Mm -hmm. i think it's called i don't remember what it's called the siege right that right right the siege and then is it just called Dax? Is it called Dax? Maybe. Right. I watched them both, dude. Andy and I got a projector in are our we, are bedroom. Are we gonna s- slide into Doug Space Nine? <laughs> no, no, no. Just real quick. Uh, Andy and I got a projector in our bedroom, so yeah. I was able to lie in bed and watch nice. Dax and huge. <laughs> right, right. And it was awesome. Oh. I was like, I am floating in space. <laughs> Feels incredible. You're gonna watch all of them that way. I'm probably will. Oh, yeah. And then so my, watch. The, my, get, get caught up on Deep Space Nine up through episodes three and four. 
or just watch those two episodes if you've seen the show before. Um, and then subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you click the bell so you get notified when we go live. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see it there. And if you if you join the Discord, that's where I announce when things are happening. And then my last thing is the Moribund Radio LARP. Yes, Radio LARP. RadioLARP.com or on Facebook Radio LARP or uh, it's probably on iTunes. And you can see the three years old uh, radio plays that me and uh, other people did written by me and Ryan and Albert. Yes. I think that more to come. I'm you, actually writing a new one now, so I, I'm really excited about that. I and I need to check in on Ryan. how's Ryan doing in L.A. Uh, I've been so busy. I haven't. I've barely talked to him. Yeah, so. I haven't checked in yeah. on him in a while. It's a shame. I I do miss having Ryan around for friend. podcasting. Like I I would really only see Ryan during podcasts, sure. but we did it quite a bit. And yeah. I'm like, well, that's so, so it that's was the so situation great. we're in now because we're not actively, you know working on projects that get us out and talking so right we just see each other to record stuff right and this is why i love this show is because it's such a great excuse to invite my friends over to talk about my favorite thing like i said it's a trap i know that yeah it's a trick to get you to hang out yeah that's like but it's a good that's what this show is to me is like an excuse (laughs) to talk to my friends about what i want jesse mercury tiktok track tick tick trick trick talk time jesse mercury (laughs) trick talk time All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. And uh, until next time, Douglas, thank you so much. Everyone stay nerdy out there. Keep it spacey, baby. (laughs) Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury is listener funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash Sci-Fi. If you love this podcast, help me spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform, leaving us a positive rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice, or by contacting me directly via email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. For more cosmic content, including my sci-fi synth-pop album, music videos, podcasts, and live streams, visit my website at jessemercury.com. 